Welcome back, everybody, to the Pure Ambition Podcast. This is episode 69. I'm your host, Dom Fusco, and today I am super pumped. We got my dude, CJ Finley, who, when I met, when I met, funny story for you guys, I met CJ in Austin um, this past year. It was about February this year. I was down in Austin for um, good friend Corey Camp's Forever Athlete Retreat. Shout out to him. And we're on a run around Ladybird Lake in austin texas and cj runs up to me and i talked to him briefly the night before we had a quick conversation and uh you know nothing real serious cj comes up to me it's like 6 45 in the morning um just traveled the whole day before i'm exhausted still waking up and cj just walks up to me nudges me in the arm and goes what do you want out of life this year and i was like what is this guy's deal and over the past six months, he has challenged me to really think outside of the box, to think about the impact that I am trying to create in this world, and has given me real practical advice on how to implement systems to become a better version of myself so that I can help more people and you know satisfy my mission and fulfill my mission of helping other people become the best version of themselves through fitness and mindset. So CJ wears so many hats. If I was to say all of the things that he does, it would take the length of the episode. So um, in short, CJ left his high paying corporate job, threw himself in entrepreneurship to pursue his mission of making every heartbeat count. He's the founder of the Thrive On Life brand and is a podcast host, speaker, entrepreneur, advisor, athlete, and leaves it all out on the line each day to make a positive impact on the world. And I think he might be the most connected person on the face of the earth. There is so much wisdom in CJ's words, and I appreciate him coming on here, chopping it up with me and sharing his experiences, his insight and his outlook on the world with me and everybody listening. If you find this episode useful, helpful, you find value in it, please share it with a friend, share it with a neighbor, share it with a coworker, share it with somebody who is striving to become the best version of themselves and thinks that they could benefit from it. So without further ado, let's get into it with my guy, CJ Finley. Welcome back everybody to the Pure Ambition Podcast. I'm graced with the presence of one of my good friends holding it down in Austin, CJ Finley. Welcome to the show, brother. Thank you so much for having me, Dom. I thought you'd be a neighbor by now. <laughs> We're working on it, man. I told you, planning the escape as we speak. So hopefully soon enough, be down in that 105 degree heat down there. Yeah, man. I uh, just wanted to say thank you so much for having me on. I am a podcast host myself, and I know the amount of work that goes into this. And I always value the time that you get to speak with other people who are putting in the hustle to provide free education. So appreciate you for what you do. And I'm very excited to have this conversation and provide some value to your audience. 100%, man. Thank you for taking the time to jump on this podcast. I know you have so much value to provide. And we just spent 20 minutes before this just talking content, talking life, talking strategy. And we're like, you know what, we need to hit record. So um, I want you to kind of share a little bit about how you turned what you have now thrive on life, your brand, your mission, and how that all came about. And someone who look at who looks at your account, they might see, oh man, CJ's got it all figured out. Like 
he's got this, he's got that. But I know from knowing you that not too long ago, you felt a little bit lost and you were just trying to find your place in the world and how you could provide more value. So I really want you to share a bit more about your story and how you've developed Thrive on Life into what it is today. Still lost. Isn't that the <laughs> point of life is right. to seek adventure and not know where you're going? That is kind of the approach that I have. And just last week, I was in an argument with my wife over our direction and the direction that she's taking versus the direction I'm taking and how we need to make that more of a unanimous direction together and what that looks like. I never want to be the guy that paints the picture that I have it all figured out. If you go on my social media and you listen to the podcast, it sounds like that, but that's just because I've always sought a life of adventure. So I have a lot of stories and I have a lot of fuck ups and I have a lot of wins and losses and in-betweens and I know a lot of people. So I have the fortunate advantage to storytell in a way where I'm always learning from the things that don't go right. And over that time, what I've realized is you can be positive or you can be negative. It's pretty black and white. One thing could happen to Dom and the same thing could happen to CJ. And it's really just how does Dom respond and how does CJ respond? So it may look like I know what I'm doing or I know what I'm talking about only because my response is always positive because I'm choosing to make that positive response. So if there's something that I have to tell everybody out there, no matter what your situation is in life, no matter how hard today seems, as a human being, you have a heart, you have lungs. Hopefully you're blessed with hands, feet, eyes to see. You have it all. You have all the tools you need. Now you just need to make that decision. No matter where it is, you could have $0 in your bank account, you have negative, you could have a million. You can make that choice. That's the beauty of being a human versus just an everyday pet or an animal. We can sit here and think, okay, this is what I have today. What do I want to do today with my time so that my tomorrow potentially gets better? And we all have that option in America. <laughs> Everywhere else, I can't speak to that. But that's where to kick this off. Yeah, I was in a place in my life where I came out of college and had an engineering degree and started making money and thought that's the path that I wanted to go down. But I realized real quick that that path wasn't for me. So even though I thought I know what I was doing, you get the degree, start making the money, show up to work, and you're very confident. And wow, I just did something really hard and I'm getting paid for it now. But you want something else. You just don't know how to do it. That's frightening to anybody. You start thinking, I sacrificed so much time of my life to get to this point, and I don't even want this point. And that right there, once you get to that point, that's what's going to test you. Do you stay there and do you stay stagnant in doing things that you don't want to do for the rest of your life? Or do you make that choice? You know what? I'm going to venture out into the wilderness. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know who I'm going with. 
but I do know why I'm going there. And that's where the why that you have has to be extremely strong if you're going to venture out into the wilderness and not know where you're going. Because today, I'm still figuring out what is Thrive on Life? Who is CJ Finley? Where do I want to end up five years, 10 years, 20 years down the road? But the one thing I do know is why I show up every single day. And that is something I think everybody needs to ask themselves, why are they waking up every day? And answer it for themselves because I can't answer that for you. So what is your why? Why do you show up every day? I'm trying to put this in a succinct way because I could go on and on. <laughs> why I show up every single day in one sentence is to make the past me and the future me proud. It's that simple. When I was a kid, I had big dreams. I let some of those dreams go because of the pressure from society and friends and family. I lost some of those dreams. I'm taking back some of those dreams. So if I can think back to when I was a kid, what would, what would be cool to tell that seven-year-old CJ right now? How do I live a life that would be cool to tell that person? And then when I'm 60, what would be cool to look back on and say, fuck yeah, I did that. And it's just a constant reflection and foreshadowing of would I be proud of myself if I was a kid? Would I look up to CJ right now as an adult? And then would I be able to look back and say, I'm proud of how I live my life. And when my day comes, I'm okay with that because I've done everything I've wanted to do. I've impacted all the people I've wanted to impact and I've lived a life that was worth living. Creating a life worth remembering. That's something that I've been on uh, a lot recently, but I'm curious, have you always had this optimistic, and this positive outlook on life and this mindset that you live with now, or is that something that you've developed over the years? I've had a lot of people in certain circumstances, including family members, tell me you can't always be positive. For me, it does. I just can't remember a time that I was ever negative. I can't remember a time that I ever woke up and was like, man, this life thing, I just don't want to do it. Now, there have been times where I've been frustrated to the point where I don't want to live anymore in that current life. Like when I was really sick, I didn't want to live anymore. I had a mentality of if this stays the same, I just don't even want to be around. It just doesn't make me happy. So you come to this crossroads of, if I don't change, my life won't change. And if my life won't change, what's the point of living this life? That was the question I was asking myself. But back to when I was a kid, if you asked my mom, I was always wanting to wake up and try new things and do new things and adventure. That's just who I was naturally. And fortunately, I had parents that fed that. Four sport athlete right from the get-go, all 
doing things, always meeting new people, different towns, different schools. It was always something new. So that was a blessing and a curse because <laughs> if you put me in a classroom and it got boring real quick, I started acting up or if things started getting really vanilla. I sought refuge elsewhere and started doing things that I didn't necessarily, I shouldn't have been doing, um, drinking and partying and things that was due to boredom. It was, I wanted more for my life and I just didn't know how to communicate that at the time. And I think it's a huge thing that people struggle with today is we're just not meant to sit at a desk eight hours a day. It's, it's that simple. A human being was not built to sit at a desk for eight hours a day and look at a screen. And I realized that real quick, that that was not going to be me and tying it back to the beginning of this conversation that comes with a sacrifice. And that sacrifice usually is, I don't know what I'm doing. I just got to figure it out. Was there a moment in your life where you kind of just said like enough's enough and you were tired of that old version of yourself and you were ready to step into that new version of you and just evolve and keep evolving and not like one step forward, two steps back. Like a lot of people in society take, they take that one step, they feel a little bit of resistance. It's hard. And then they just go back to square one and then they might come back up again, but then they just come back to square one. So was there a point when you started to evolve, become that better version of yourself and have continued to evolve into where you're at now? Yeah. So when I reconnected with my wife, I've known my wife since I was 10 years old and she was living in Texas um, when we were like 23, 24 and I was outside of New York and I had just signed a job to live in Nashville for UBS wealth management. And I had visited her in July and reconnected. And I, would, I knew right then that I wanted to marry her. So I drove 12 hours from Nashville to Houston to ask her out. And we started dating and doing long distance. And one of the first things that we had to go through was I was traveling to Switzerland for six weeks for training for my job. And it was, I was in this pre prestigious graduate training program and I got paid a lot of money uh, coming out of college. And I should have been feeling like, wow. I mean, if you saw the photos and videos I have of where they put us in Switzerland and we had meals and open bar and a bowling alley in our hotel and you walked out of the hotel and you're right on the lake in Switzerland, it was gorgeous. And after a few days there, I just remember the sinking feeling, just telling myself, I'm not meant to be here. I had my suit and tie on and we were presenting to the vice presidents and the COOs of the organization. And I remember the specific instance, actually, we were building for that whole month, we were building an app that was an auto trading bot. And you had different teams that you were put into. Uh, you had the developers, the business analysts, the product managers, the systems guys. And I'm a really competitive person. And from day one, I just didn't care what group I was in. I didn't care who I was with. All I could do was look out that window and ask myself, I should be climbing those mountains. I should not be in here 10 hours a day in a suit, like looking at those mountains. And when we go to present our project and I'm up there, one of the kids 
guys there knew I could backflip. And I'm presenting this dude's like, do a backflip or whatever in front of the whole, whole organization. So I'm in my like button down and slacks and dress shoes. And I just whip out a backflip in the front. And the one of like the higher level people flew in from America later on that month. And she didn't ask like who built the app, who worked on the code, who made the front end. <laughs> when she gave her initial speech, like minutes into it, she's like, who's the kid that did the backflip and brought me up. And I started realizing really quickly who I was in that moment. I wasn't meant to, like I was judging myself based on the other people there and I felt on myself. But the reality was once that woman brought me up, I was like, I need to lean into what I'm actually good at and what I love to do. So when I was there, I had asked people to jump out of a helicopter with me. No one would do it. These days, I would have went and done it myself. But at the time, I think I was like 24, 25. I was still like a little bit not out there. Um, no one would do it with me. I went on a 30-mile bike ride around like the lake that I was staying at. Two people did it with me. And we were with like group of 60 people. So, and I had my GoPro. This is like way back when, when I was just messing around with content. Instagram what not what it was. Like YouTube what, isn't what it was or wasn't what it is. No TikTok. And I'm out there with my GoPro, a shitty mountain bike and like on the road going 30 miles. And this is what I'm doing for fun. Meanwhile, the other people are so obsessed with, oh, we got free drinks and we got, we're able to like travel to these places and do these other things and try these cool food. I didn't care about any of that. So that was literally three months into my first, like what I would consider full-time, full-time job. I had jobs previous to that, but this one was like you're making really good money and you're stable and you have direct access to people above you. And there's a clear path to, you made it, hooray. <laughs> but in my head, I was, I didn't make it. And I started planning my exit right, right then, which sounds insane because they're feeding me. They flew me there. They provided me with an amazing experience to meet people and learn new skills and I didn't care about any of it. So you start to plan that exit. What does that look like? Because there's so many people out there who are just, they feel stuck in that nine to five and maybe they've always envisioned themselves being an entrepreneur or having, creating this life for themselves that they've always dreamed of or that they you know, perceived in their mind. What were the next steps for you when you had that realization and were like, I got to get the hell out of here? man, we've been doing it since we were five years old, go to school. And I don't mean like actually go to school in entrepreneurship. People tend to forget that like people, there's millions of people that quit their job and started their own business. Millions. There's millions of millionaires. There's hundreds of billionaires. People have done what I'm trying to do. 
lower your ego, find those people, ask them questions, figure it out. We read books to get grades in school for 12 years. Then we go to college and it gets even harder and we figure shit out. But when it comes to business, we want to sit there and act like we're the first person ever to start a business or we're the first person ever to quit a job. That's what we start feeling like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing. It's like, no shit, you don't know what you're doing. You never quit your job and started a business before, but that doesn't mean that nobody else has. So the first thing I started doing was just surrounding myself with people that have quit their job and started their own thing. What would you have done? What would you not have done? What books did you read? Who did you hang out with? What courses did you take? What environments were you in? And right away, that sped up my process so fast. Like four-hour work week, Tim Ferriss at the time, I he was talking about like figuring out how to do first and then ask for forgiveness in terms of your business, push the pedal to the metal, and then fix things when they break. So I was paying $1,100 in rent in Nashville and my girlfriend, now my wife, was paying about the same in Houston. And I'm sitting there flying once a month, spending money. I'm like, we should be living in the same place. Like even if I lost my job and got a lower paying job, I'd still be saving more money just living with you. So instead of telling my job, I just moved. <laughs> got in my car, once my lease was up in Nashville, just moved and then said, hey, I'm in Houston now. I'm going to work from home if you allow me. If not, I understand. They weren't happy with it, but they let me work from home. And then now I'm saving $1,100 a month. So that's the first step. I'm saving $1,100 a month. Well, do the math. Six months go by, seven months go by. I got like 10 Gs saved up at least. I still wasn't ready though. I got another job in sales. Reason I did this was I had kind of hit off the trifecta of what I believe you need in business. And that's systems, that's project management. And the last step is people in sales. So I was a systems engineer by degree. That's what I got my degree in. I learned project management at my first job. I saw how they were managing projects and how to basically set a goal a year ahead, two years ahead, three years ahead, and the work that needed to get done to make that happen. The third thing I needed was I'd never made a cold call in my life. I'd never written cold emails. I'd never done the front-facing stuff. And on the side, I was already marketing, marketing through social media and an email was something I was already doing just naturally. So I needed some hard sales skills. So me going to school was really just me finding a job that I knew I wouldn't stay at. Went through sales training for three months, got used to cold calling, saw what that life was like. And they that paid my bills while I was learning, while I was going to school. So instead of going to school and paying your money and taking on debt, you can just learn through jobs and learn through people, get paid, save up a little bit. Once I quit my job, January 2nd, 2017, instead of just sitting there and reclusing, like a lot of people do, they stress out about their money. I started spending more money. I spent $500 a month joining a startup hub. I spent probably $2,000 up front on various courses. Uh, to name a few, it was copywriting, um, 
video. And then I also was still figuring out how to personal train and do nutrition consulting on the side. So I got my nutrition consulting uh, certificate. I'd already had my personal training certificate. So I had a fallback plan and I also had, okay, how am I going to make money in the short term just to pay for what I'm investing in my business? And that was personal training. So I was doing all these things and getting paid for all these things to try them. But I was reading the books, taking the courses, meeting with the people. I wasn't acting like I knew anything. I actually was putting myself in rooms where people were way smarter than me, where I could ask a question and put them, basically say, this is where I'm at in my life. What would you do? What wouldn't you do? And that sped up my life like 10x right from the get-go. Yeah, dude. One thing about you that I really admire is just your passion for people, your ability to bring people together. Um, you know, the time that we spent together down in Austin uh, was amazing, but just connecting with so many more people since then who also know you, like also, I think, you know, every single person in Austin, Texas, and you're, you're creating webs, uh, you know, all around the country. And I'm, I'm constantly connected with other people who are like, Oh, CJ Finley. Absolutely. I know CJ. Um, so have you always been like, have you always had that unique ability to connect and like, you know, grow that connection and grow those into relationships? Is that something that you've continued to learn through your jobs? Because the older I get, the more I realize that it is really, it, it's cliche, but it really is all about who you know. Um, and I'm just curious how all of that came about for you in terms of like, the power of networking and relationships? It's a twofold answer. I did it naturally just as a byproduct of being a part of so many sports teams. And I grew up in a diverse town. So different ethnicities, different demographics. Um, a lot of my friends growing up were female. So having male friends and female friends and being learning how to communicate from a very young age was vital. And then once I got into college, again, reading and understanding systems, the most important system of any business when you're going, this is, I work with a lot of solopreneurs and they just don't understand this, that your success is based on the team that you can build. There's only so much work as an individual you can do every day. So one of the stories that I would tell someone is like, if you had to play a football game by yourself versus a whole team. Could you win? No. Could Tom Brady win on his own? No. Could LeBron win on his own? No. Okay, why are you trying to win your business on your own? doesn't work that way. So when you study and you study systems and you know the most important part of any system is who's showing up to operate the system, the people, you start realizing, okay, well, what, what do people show up for? Who do they show up for? What, are the, what stories are they telling themselves in their head? I started realizing really quickly that it's, it's not about what you can do for people or how much money you make or all these metrics that we tend to look at. It's how do you make people feel? And this has been said before, so don't, it's not my quote, but I took that to heart. How do you make people feel? 
And then I started asking myself, how do I make people feel? The right, pay, the right people, I make them feel motivated and inspired and looking at themselves in the mirror, like, holy shit, this guy believes in me. He believes I, I'm, he expects more from me. I can be more. So I'm going to be more. The wrong people think I'm an asshole because I want too much from them. I want too much from everybody. I see what you don't even see in yourself. And I'll say what other people aren't willing to say to you. In the beginning of my journey, that was very tough because I wanted to say things. I wanted to be that person to other people, but I cared too much what other people thought. And I would lean into just doing what other people wanted to be happy. Like, again, the partying, the drinking, a lot of that was just to fit in. I wanted to feel a part of my team. The older I get, I realize instead of being a part of a team, why don't you just attract a team and, and provide value as much value as you can to that team. So today that's where I know a lot of people, but I care more about how do those people know me and who do they know me as? So I want them to be able to say like, yeah, I, I know him and here's how, and here's who he really is. And if I can scale that, then I'm, I'm going to make my impact on the world. I believe. That's powerful, man. I've never thought of it that way. It's not just, you know, how, like how you see them, but like how you make them feel. That's, that's a very powerful thing. So with all that you do, you know, you're an entrepreneur, you're an athlete, you know, you're a friend, you're a husband, you're a facilitator of community. Um, how are you able to manage all these things and still be more like, you know, be present in that, give all that you have in everything that you're doing um, without feeling like, you're being pulled in several different directions or if your mind is like elsewhere, how do you kind of balance and incorporate all that you have into your life and thrive? There is no balance. There's <laughs> only the right mixture. So I look at life like food, let's say. We all have different tastes. And if I had a plate and I mix different food on that plate, you're gonna choose a different food than I am. And we don't choose our food until we've tried a lot of food, right? So I'm somebody that has tried a lot of food over time and I start curating my plate and seeing what mixture do I want out of every day. And then I am just ruthless with holding myself disciplined to the mixture that I have defined as what is the best tasting food for me? So what that looks like in every single day is I know that if I wake up and I spend time with my wife and I read and I write and I get outside first thing in the morning, I feel better. If I feel better, I then know that I'll be more productive. Well, what does productivity look like to me? What is that mixture? To some people, productivity is 
building something, sweating. However, to other people, it's creating film or to us, podcasting. You define that mixture for yourself. Then it's who am I spending time with to just experience joy and fun and play. Play to me is running up and down a mountain and feeling that burn in my lungs. That's not play to a lot of people. So there is no balance because that would be an unbalanced life to somebody else. But to me, it's the perfect mixture. So to balance, quote unquote, if I'm going to use that word, everything out there, the community, the businesses, the amount of content I'm pushing, it never feels out of balance as long as I'm asking myself, is this the right mixture for the life that I want to live? And so if, it, you- if it's not the right mixture and I don't like the taste of something, like I said before, I'm a very direct person. I'm okay with just, I'm not coming to that. I'm not doing that. You're not going to see me. I don't hang out. I don't do certain things that people do. And I'm willing to not do that because that's not for me. So what are some of the things that you've had to eliminate, um, say no to? Because there's also the notion of like, say yes to everything, especially when you're young, because saying yes, you never know what opportunity, like what opportunities can come from them. Were you ever at a point where you were just saying yes to things a lot, like all the time? And then you had to learn what things you need to say no to? A hundred percent in, in the business world and entrepreneurship, like I'll give a, a great example. I wanted to be a serial entrepreneur and then an investor. I'm now an investor. Technically I've written checks to invest in other companies and I have equity in multiple companies. When I set that goal and I reflected back, it was what's going to get me the most knowledge of how to get to that goal. Well, the more things that I get involved in, the faster I'm going to learn. I'm going to see what breaks, what fails, what not to do. But I wasn't saying yes to things outside of that scope. And that's what a lot of people do because of my friend, right? Like people will ask me to go to... Uh, tomorrow, uh, no, Thursday, I got invited to a credit card points event. Do you think I'm going to that or no? No. No. Why? It doesn't serve you. It doesn't serve me. Well, the reason it doesn't serve me is I already know what he's selling. I already have 10 credit cards and I have business credit cards and have the points. So what he's selling I've kind of already been doing. Now, let me give advice counter to what I'm saying. Well, if I want to sharpen that path to my life, yeah, I could show up. I could reach out, right? But do I, is that worth the difference of spending it with my wife? Mm. So that's the variable. It goes back to the mixture. Is that eight to 10 PM time slot on a Thursday night is learning more about credit card points worth it more than spending time with my wife. And that's an easy no. So it's not even about the credit card points. I love learning stuff like that, 
But what I can do is I can say, hey, can you send me the slide deck? Or can we hop on a call? Or can I be on a podcast during my time that doesn't interfere with my mixture? And that's where people fail. It's not that you should say no to everything. I don't say no to everything. I'm here right now, right? But it fits in my mixture. And if it doesn't fit in my mixture, I try to force it to. So going to that credit card points, it doesn't treat me. So what I'm going to do is the guy that invited me, how did it go? What information did you learn? What was the number one thing that you took away from that event? Can you connect me with the guy who ran that event? I'd love to have him on my podcast and pick his brain. That fits in my mixture. And if he says no, he has the whole right to say no, right? I'm just giving and articulating how people should go about their decision-making of what they say yes and what they say no to. So your mixture, right? This is something, this is interesting. Um, what does your daily mixture look like? How are you able to, you talked about your morning, how you're able to structure your morning, you read, you get outside, you spend time with your wife. That really sets the tone for your day, things like that. How then do you structure your day and formulate this mixture that best serves you? I schedule my days based on how do I maximize my service to other people through what I'm doing? And what I mean by that is when I wake up, first thing I'm doing is going downstairs, drinking some water, getting hydrated. I step outside for like 10 minutes. Sometimes I meditate. Sometimes I stretch, just sit in the sun, get going. I then read a little bit. I then write my daily newsletter. And that newsletter is me thinking, Mornings are tough for a lot of people. And I was journaling in the past and it was helpful to me. What if somebody could take some value from my journal entry? That was my thought process. So I created a daily newsletter. Then now people read my pretty much daily journal entry. That takes about 15 minutes. Then the priority based on the day is what are my bigger projects that are serving people and where does my time need to be spent on those projects? So sometimes it's editing audio. Sometimes it's editing content, meaning videos and reels or writing copy for a LinkedIn post. Then the afternoons are always meetings. So I schedule all my meetings and podcasts typically in the afternoons. And then I go lift recover, do ice and sauna sometimes. And then dinner with my wife, we go on a walk. And then after that is what I call the leftovers. So we're talking about mixtures and food. The leftovers always get left to the end of the day where sometimes I have to spend an hour just cranking through some stuff to set myself up for success the next day. Where I think I differentiate myself from a lot of people is I don't try to win the war today, ever. So the little things that stress a lot of other people out there, I'm not stressing because I didn't set, first I, I didn't overbook myself because I am saying no. And then two, I realize 
the war is not going to be won today, but it can be lost. You could do something really stupid today. But if I just show up with a smile and work hard, I won the day. And life is just a sum of all the days. So if I win the 24 hours, and this goes into define what you would consider winning 24 hours. And to me, it goes back to the mixture. I've defined what my mixture is of what it looks like to win over the long term. And I just slowly, it's like taking an ax to chop down a tree. The harder you swing in the beginning, it doesn't mean the tree is going to fall down faster. You're better off just sharpening the ax. That's the old Lincoln saying, right? You should spend however long sharpening the ax and then however long yeah. chopping and down the tree. It goes back to sharpening the ax is the reading, the writing, the getting in the sun, the sweating. I mean, I, I run typically, I work from 7 a.m., 7.30 till 10 or 11. So it's like four hours of deep work. And then I go for a run, eat lunch, and then here we are. Meetings, podcasts, interviews, flex time, go to the chiropractor. It's pretty much the same thing every day. So are those, if I was to ask you, for anyone listening, what are, you know, three things they could do daily to improve their lives. What would be the three things that you would recommend that they do? Say no to everything you know that is holding you back from improving your life. I can't tell you that, but you know, you either drink too much, you smoke too much, you eat the wrong foods, you hang out with the wrong people, you're in the wrong environments. Deep down, you know, say no to those things. That's something we all can do, no matter how good you get. There's still some things that are pulling you in the wrong direction at all times. Uh, two is go get your blood work done. If, if you're not healthy, your chances of being happy over the long run are going to be minimized. And then three, figure out the types of people that you want to be around and spend time with. Life is short. You might as well pick who you're spending that time with because they're going to be the ones that either lift you up or pull you down. Notice how none of that had to do with work or fitness or any of that. No, dude, I was expecting the typical meditate, journal, sun on your face right away. But I think that's all within everybody's unique daily mixture, right? You can't listen to, can't listen to you. You can't, you can't listen to what I do or even right. every day because exactly. like, every day is different. So, like some days you're on vacation and you're, you're on somebody else's time. If you're like, oh, I got to meditate, that takes away from your presence of enjoying how someone else lives their life. True. You don't want that. You want to be a, like, you want to be able to adapt and be peaceful. And that is just based on every day that you wake up, knowing sure, knowing what you need and being flexible with that. But you asked me what we all could do and we all could say no to the things that are holding us back. We all should be looking at our blood work and our health at it. Like in 2022, your blood work is going to tell you whether you're healthy or not. And then we all should be doing a better job of who we're spending time with because that time is extremely valuable. You shouldn't give it to people that are pulling you down. You should only be hanging around people that are helping you live the life that you want to live. So 
2017 was when you left your job at UBS. It's 20 or 2017. So it's 2022 now. It's a little over five years. Looking back on that, these past five years, and all of the knowledge that you've accumulated, all the experiences that you've had, all the people that you've met, what do you see yourself doing five years from now? Where do you see yourself? It's a super cliche question again of where do you see yourself in five years? I just think it's interesting how I'm talking to you right now, and it was five years since you kind of embarked into the wilderness, and you're deeper into the wilderness now, but what does that look like within the next couple of years? It's not cliche. It's a great, it's a great question. Every business out there, if you're talking large organizations, they're all asking themselves, where are we going to be in five years, 10 years, 20 years? Small businesses, they're just, they're in it. They're living day to day, right? The, the one thing they could learn from is big organizations that are forecasting. You need a little bit of both. So I just want you to be confident in asking that question. It's a great question. And for me, are you familiar with like how velocity works, like in physics? Yeah, I I got I got to see in high school physics. Where like the more <laughs> the more momentum you build, like the higher the velocity. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it's a little bit different than like a lot of people want to go zero to one hundred really quick. Rather, what you should be focused on in business is building more velocity and focusing on direction. Direction matters more than speed. If you go really fast in the wrong direction, that's going to hurt you more in the long run than if you slow down and just pick the right direction from the, from the get-go. A great example is if you have a ship, we have two ships, and you point one ship one degree to the left compared to the first ship, and it goes 1,000 miles, they're very far apart at the end of their thousand miles, just that one degree difference. So if you're one degree in a terrible direction, doesn't matter how hard you work, you're still in a horrible direction. That's why we have a 40% obesity rate here in America. It doesn't matter that people work out after sitting for eight hours a day if they're still eating shit food and drinking alcohol on the weekends, they're not going to see results. It's made like that. The system set it up so that that happens. So if they change their direction of, okay, if my lifestyle is sitting at, if my variable sitting is, has to stay the same, I got to make money. Well, this other variable, the degree of change, I need to head in the direction of eating better food. And I won't even really have to go to the gym and I'm still going to lose weight. So for me, if I'm thinking over five years from now and I'm looking back on how I got to where I'm at now, the number one way that I've made money so far isn't even my business. It's been real estate. And that's because of the awareness of direction. If you're building a business you're going to be investing a lot of time, energy, and money into that business. You want it to grow. If you want your baby to grow, you can't steal its food. And that's what a lot of business owners do. They steal the food from their own baby and then complain when it ever grows up to be what they want it to be. If you're aware though 
of your surroundings and you know that like, okay, I'm going to diversify the pot. Real estate can be an investment. Stock can be an investment. Crypto can be an investment, right? Meanwhile, everything that I make goes into my business to feed that. That's helping you build the direction and a velocity you need over a time frame. So going back to, this is a long-winded answer, but I'm going to get to the point. It's going to help the listener. My podcast and being good with people and understanding how to ask questions and provide value. That is something that every millionaire, 10 millionaire, 100 millionaire, billionaire knows how to do. That skill. Every room they walk into, they know how to be valuable. Okay, that's a great direction to head in. So no matter what you're doing right now, if you're listening to this, from zero to five years, like I was doing, if you're an entrepreneur, figure out how to be valuable in every room. Figure out how to ask good questions. Figure out how to surround yourself with great people. Zero to five, that's what you need to be doing. Picking that direction and feeding your baby. Now, once your baby is five years old and you're going into that 10, the next step is it starts doing things on its own. So what I mean by this is the next phase of where my life is going is surrounding myself with more of a team than just being a lone wolf and hacking away. It's refining, okay, what school do I want my baby, my kid to go to? What does the brand look like? How does it feel? What sport do I want to sign them up for, right? You're, you start moving into this next phase because it starts becoming its own working organism. My podcast, I'm almost 200 episodes in, it starts drawing in listeners. I didn't choose the listeners. They chose me. So now that I know the listeners, how do I be more valuable to those specific listeners? How do I get better in that department of providing value? How do I connect them with more people that they want to learn from? That's what the next five years look like. So if I'm telling you what the next five years are look like based on what the previous five years have been and where, what stage I'm on, I can confidently say that in the next five years, the goal is to not keep doing the things that have held me back, one, but two, figure out how do I set this baby, kid, young child up to be able to fly on its own. So five years from now, podcast is pretty much running itself. I show up and continue to do what I'm really good at. And I no longer do what I'm not good at. The brand itself is generating enough income to not only support me, but support my wife and a couple of teammates that are helping support the brand. And personally, I am free enough to continue to maintain my health, to provide for my family, to spend my time in ways where I'm continually leveling up my physical, mental, and spiritual health. Where people get conflicted when you ask them this question is we, we go into the specifics oh, I'm making $10 million. Oh, I'm going to be making $50 million. Rather than 
thinking in the systems mindset. If I can, if I can say that my system for getting my podcast out, producing an income, providing me with free time, that's what I'm after. Building that system over the next five years where the thing runs on its own and it makes me enough money to do what I want with my life. Up until this point, I've had to hustle a lot to get it to do that. The next phase though is the opposite. How do I spend less time and make more because I've built that velocity in that direction based on the previous five years? It's incredible insight, man. Dude, I really just want to pre- like acknowledge you and appreciate and say how much I appreciate you for sharing your insight with the world and not ever holding anything back. Like you say you wear like your tattoos, your tattoos are stories and things that you carry with you on your sleeve. If you look at your content, you'll see anybody listening, go check out CJ's content. He doesn't hold anything back. He mentioned he's a very direct guy. So I just wanted to acknowledge you for just being so open and honest and not playing, um, you know, the game that society wants us to play and just continuing to write your own path. I don't know who says this, but first off, thank you for acknowledging that. It means, it means more than I can ever, I can ever say over a podcast or a phone call or a message. It's exhausting to be anyone but yourself. I don't know how many, so many people do it. I love what I do. I love the people I do it with. I love being able to talk with people like yourself. You inspire the fuck out of me, dude. Like how young you are and how hungry you are. You're changing sooner than I did. So the, the sky is the absolute limit. And my goal is to help as many people get the outer space as possible because what's the point of going to outer space alone? That is no fun. Like looking down, like, hi, Dom. Like, no, that's not fun. I want to be up there like with zero gravity with all these people around me. That's the fun part. And even more fun than that is being in the mud with those people. And then one day waking up and be like, damn, how did we get here? What cool story? Like it gives me literally chills thinking about it. What cool stories do we have to tell where it's, you remember that one time where we both broke and we're eating ramen noodles. I have some of those stories with my friends now seeing them all get married and have a little bit of money on the side and having kids. And it's just, it gives me chills because we have so much life left. If we're blessed, like if we're blessed, we every day could be the last day, but we have so much life left. And if we lived it that way, enjoyed ourselves every day, it would be more fun. And if it's more fun, you show up every day better. And if you show up every day better with a willingness to learn and a willingness to serve, whatever the result is, is going to be great. But more importantly, that story you're going to be able to tell is, is worth listening to. Right. We're all just trying to live a great story. We're all just trying yeah. to shout out to Zach Horvath. Shout out to him, man. He's got an awesome brand and um, you know, just, Again, thank you for for sharing that. And, you know, for anyone listening, uh, I really encourage you to go check out some of CJ's content, Thrive on Life podcast. Um, He does a multitude of different things. He's built out the team to help him be everywhere and just continue to provide more value. And I'll have I'll give you a sec to to let you plug everything that you have to offer to this world. But real quick, I had two more quick questions before we get to that. Doesn't have to Um, be quick. I still got time. 
All right, man. Sounds good. All right. <laughs> cool. Well, the first thing is uh, I want to just do the the quick three with you. And that's kind of just cool. to we heard the really deep, you know, side of CJ. I want to hear a little bit, you know, behind the surface level uh, of CJ. So number one is what is your favorite form of play? This changes all the time this the podcasting i have i say yes to every podcast that people ask me on i never ask how many listens you get i've never asked how many episodes you do if you reach out to me and say hey can i have an hour of your time to to chat on a podcast i say yes to it and i don't see that changing ever i mean unless i get a thousand emails in my inbox <laughs> Maybe that'll happen. You'll get know. there. I do. You'll get there. Maybe it'll happen. You'll get but there. But I'm going to still try to do as many as I can. I just, I thoroughly enjoy conversations because I, I keep notes and it, it fulfills me. It's just mm -hmm. a fulfilling feeling. So these days, my play is my work. Um, there's a couple other things I've been running lately. I've never thought I would say that that's play, but it allowed me to do some trail running in mountain in mountains in Colorado last week. So that was, that was really fun and a really enlightening experience. So I think those are the two things that are firing me up the most right now. Number two, I know how big you are on health, but if you had to pick a cheat meal to indulge in, what are you going with? I cheat more than most people think. <laughs> um, and it goes back to the mixture, the 80, 20 rule. I, I probably have ice cream and cookies every week, at least two or three times a week. Um, I'm trying to not be so generic with my answer, though. Dude, I, I literally... Everybody likes ice cream and cookies. I was going to say part. chocolate chip cookies and ice cream are I, like my favorite things in the world. <laughs> I mean, this is like... True Food is a really healthy restaurant, Yeah, but I slam a whole pizza from there. Uh, and I have celiac disease, so I have to be gluten-free, so... I'll slam a whole gluten-free pizza from there on top of a burger. <laughs> like, so a lot of my meals would look like cheat meals to other people, but I, I just, I, I, the mixture for what I'm doing, I'm, I, I sweat a lot, meaning I move a lot and exercise a lot. So I deserve to eat. No. And then, I mean, my, my smoothies every day could be considered a cheat meal to some people. Like I put Catalina crunch in it. It literally is like cereal. Uh, that's my first meal of the day, but it also has the good stuff, the avocado, the banana, the protein seeds, dates. So I kind of always mix my cheat with the health and it just allows me to be less stressed and more happy and, and satiated. While we're on that, before we move into the third question, how much do you eat on a daily basis? What's your, what's your, what's your daily calorie intake, intake, like for roughly? I've literally never counted. Ever. Wow. Wow. Yep. Surprising to most people. I've been an intuitive eater sure. for the most part. Um, I eat until I'm full and then I eat a little bit. If I want to gain weight, I eat until I'm full and then I eat a little bit more. Um, and then if I feel I've never wanted to lose weight, so I've never gone down that path. So, um, every day though, it looks, I could tell you, so I fat, I have a focus aid when I wake up 
And then I pretty much fast until I go on my run, come back from my run, have a perfect bar, which is like 320 calories or something. Then I probably have like a thousand calorie smoothie, avocado, banana, almond milk, uh, chia seeds, flax seeds, hemp seeds, dates, pumpkin seeds, um, whey protein. And then on top of that, I mix cacao nibs and Catalina crunch and sometimes three wishes cereal. So it's a, it's a lot uh, mixed together, but typically that's over a thousand calories right then. And then I have four eggs uh, on some gluten-free toast. So that's probably another 400 calories. So by, by 1 PM, I'm probably at 1500 to 2000 calories. And then I don't eat again until 536, which would then be some mixture of, I usually eat beef with chicken or turkey, ground turkey, and then half a Japanese sweet potato, ghee butter, uh, rice, mixed veggies, and maybe some more toast. And then my dessert is typically um, some form of like protein, chocolate, almond milk mix with uh, some cereal. So I'd say about 3K calories per day. And the reason I said, the reason I laid it out for everybody out there is if you do go on my social media and you see how I look and how I perform, like you need to eat. You just, I eat a lot. And um, I just think there's a lot of people out there that have a misconception that you need to eat less to be jacked and be fueled. <laughs> And that's not the case. I eat a lot. I always have ate a lot. Um, and the more that I train, uh, the more I'm actually eating. And when you eat healthier, you get to eat more like quantity wise. So if you're looking for nutrient dense food and you eat that nutrient dense food, you're able, like quantity wise on a plate, it looks like a lot. I agree more, man. I, the more that I train, the more that I eat and the better I look in turn, I never look I never trained to look good. You look to perform better and you're going to end Facts. up looking better. Facts. It's crazy. And you just like, sometimes I'll look at myself like, cause all I'm tracking is my performance. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And then I like, I'll film myself in the gym for, I have a fitness account that I try to provide value for people to do their exercises. And I look at myself, I'm like, going back to the whole beginning of this conversation, like make my younger self proud. I'm like, this doesn't even like my even related to myself, <laughs> like forget my parents. Like am I even related to that guy that I was 10 years ago, 20 years ago? Because I just look like a completely different human being. And it's all been an obsession of the system of performing better and not just performing better, like running or lifting weights and being stronger. I'm a better entrepreneur. I'm a better husband. I'm a better friend. I'm a better family, family member. I can go 12 hour days and like, you're whoever's not watching this on video. Like I'm still like, I could go sit here and do this for another three hours and be super lit up. That's, that's where the training comes in. So, and to get to that point of your training, you have to eat and you have to eat nutrient dense foods. Couldn't agree more, dude. Yeah. That was a little bit, a little bit longer than the, uh, than a quick theory, but it's all good. That, that needed to be said. I wanted to dive more into the health and performance side of things, but we went down another hole. So I'm glad we were able to get there, but my last question for you is if you could interview one person on your podcast, who are you interviewing? My wife. 
Mm. Good answer. I love, we just, we just had a conversation on Sunday. So what's today? Tuesday, two days ago. I just love seeing her think. And when I get the chance to ask her a question and hear her articulate, and this isn't, this goes above and beyond like a cliche answer of my wife. I've, again, I've known my wife since I was 10 years old. So we have this relationship where we were really good friends for a really long time. And it's just an honor to be able to sit down with somebody that sharpens me every single day. I'm not somebody that like looks up to a lot of people. Like there's no, there's no celebrities that I care to meet, no authors that I care to meet. I read books. I like them. I, I watch sports. I, I take motivation from the best athletes, but the person I look up to most is the person that I'm spending the rest of my life with. And every single day she adds value to my life. And when we podcast, it is just so evident that I am blessed that she said yes to me <laughs> in reality, that that would be my answer. I could see your face and your emotion and like just everything about you light up when you talked about her. So I can tell how much you love her and how much she means to you. And, you know, that's super inspiring. And, you know, that warms my heart. To see I would thrive wouldn't exist without her. Like that's, I'm the face, I'm the, I'm the champion of it, but every King has a queen and she is the driving force for a lot of the decisions I make. And it's not going back to leaders. She's not a vocal leader. She just gets shit done. And if you are blessed with her presence to be in her presence every day and see that, and she doesn't complain, she just gets it done. She just hammers life every day. And she makes me complain less. She makes me show up better. And I love podcasting. And if I were to interview anybody, it would be cool. I, I can't wait to interview you, her 30 years from now and, and look back on that and also look back on the interviews we're doing now 30 years from now. I love that, dude. I look forward to hearing that one in 30 years. My last question for you is a question that I ask uh, all the guests that come onto the podcast. And it is, what does it, what does the word ambition mean to you when you hear it? What sparks in your mind? And then how do you then take that and apply it to your daily life? The word that comes to mind for me when I think of ambition is just consistency. Mm. I think ambition is never depleted. What I mean by that is the most ambitious people always are working towards something more. And they achieve more through consistency. So when I think of, I've always been an ambitious person. I've always wanted to produce and provide more for myself and everyone around me. The anchor to that actually happening is being able to consistently show up every day, whether it's rain, shine, sleet, snow, how I feel and maximize my output. Maximize your output by controlling your inputs. So go, tying again back to what we were talking about earlier, like your mixture, you have to control the energy around you and the environment around you 
so that you can maximize your output and your ambition is your driving force towards achieving those things that you say you want to achieve. Couldn't agree more, man. I love that. Thank you again, CJ, for just coming out here, chopping it up, providing a tremendous amount of value. If people want to learn more and they want to join the newsletter, they want to check out your podcast and they just want to be hit with an, an insanely more just value and, and live a better life and begin to thrive. How can they check you out? Yeah. So I love connecting with other people. Um, shoot me a DM at cj.finley, F-I-N-L-E-Y. And then above and beyond that, uh, Dom's episode on Thrive on Life podcast, just literally search his name and Thrive on Life podcast and you'll see his episode. Shout out to you. Um, and then the last thing, yeah, you mentioned it, newsletter. I write a, a daily newsletter Monday through Friday to, it's probably a three to five minute read. A lot of times less than that to just give you a little extra pep in your step and make you think a little bit more about your own life. And I try to make it as value as possible so that you can take action steps in your own life and in your community to make this world a better place. So those are the three things I'd love for you to go do. Uh, above and beyond that, if you like this episode, please share it. Let's get some more listens for Dom. He deserves it. Absolutely. Appreciate you, brother. I will have all of this stuff linked in the show notes. So anybody listening, go check that out. And TJ, man, again, thank you for the way you show up for the person that you are and for all that you're doing in contributing to making this world a better place. I appreciate you. Likewise. Come on y'all.